G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm really excited to be chatting to my colleague, Dwayne Long, who was uh, past REWA Property Manager of the Year. We're going to take you inside our property management and give you all our tips on how to stand out as a tenant when you're applying for a property. And in this really hot rental market where you could be coming up against 10 other applications or more, this is really going to hopefully help you get the edge and uh, get the property that you really want. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. G'day, Dwayne. Thanks for joining me again on the podcast. Awesome, Jared. Thanks for having me back. So today, I know we've covered so many topics for our property owners and investors, but I thought, you know, it's a real tough rental market out there and we've got a lot of great tenants out there that are probably missing out on properties because they're not putting their best foot forward and us, I guess, being tenants. I've been a tenant, I've been a landlord and we're, of course, property managers. So I wanted to give that inside info on how they can make their application stand out among the many other applications that we're getting. Give us an inside view on what the average tenant's up against, Rain. Yeah, look, at the moment, when we put a property up for rent, generally speaking, we're getting, you know, half, uh, sorry, a dozen to 24 inquiries coming through in the first in the first week alone. And as people are starting to inspect the properties, we're starting to see numbers, 10 to 20 people coming down for inspections and viewing. So there's a lot of competition out there at the moment. And um, yeah, tenants are really coming up against it, trying to find a quality property to rent. Yeah, and we're often getting two to three applications in before we've even done the viewing and then people coming along and confirming that their application will be submitted. I guess unlike other property managers, because we use walkthrough videos, people are able to get a very good idea as to whether the property is going to suit them. So it's almost a formality to come and check it out because we show so much of it online, don't we? Yeah, that's right, exactly. So we do receive a handful of applications prior to even a viewing being conducted, as you mentioned, and we can actually pre-approve applications too, which reduces the turnaround time and the vacancy periods for our landlords. But more importantly, it gives those tenants a house and a home. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the flip side of what we're dealing with at the moment is because we've got so many applications applications on a single property, our time is limited. Um, we can't go back and forward and ask for more details and dig deeper where, you know, things are missing. If we've got the time, we will. But if we've also got two other applications that are fully complete, that are fully standing out, then every property manager is probably just going to go with the sure bet option that's in front of them find the best tenant, approve them and get on with renting the next property. Yeah, precisely. There's a lot of work to be done with screening an application and making sure the right tenant moves into a property. So if the application has been completed thoroughly, it makes our job a lot easier. And just to put it into perspective, we have a property presently in Cannington that's been on market for 15 days 
and we currently have 13 applications on it. So it's pretty crazy to think that that's the amount of choice that a landlord has, but it's even worse for tenants when they've got that many to compete with to be chosen as the number one. And uh, certainly with an age, with, with our approach to property management, we're looking for quanti- uh, quality, not quantity. <laughs> and we are spending the time to go deep, thoroughly screen the applications much more than the average property manager would. So all the tips that we've assembled here going to help the especially when your application's up against many others and help when your application's being more scrutinized but of course when uh, you're not up against others and and you, you know you've got a property manager that isn't going to the nth degree then it's only going to help you too isn't it yeah precisely i think um, at the end of the day you want to stand out exactly so let's start it going along to the inspection what are some things that tenants should be aware of as to how to start things off right well i know for sure it's one thing that i do and it's actually part of our process with screening tenants is really getting to know the tenant at the inspection at the viewing and taking in that first impression and look people often say oh first impressions don't matter in fact they really really do and things that we're looking for the condition of your vehicle how do you keep your car because if you can't keep your car very well and as you step out of your vehicle mcdonald's rubbish falls out on the floor um you know if you if you're seeing that as a property manager a tenant not looking after their vehicle sh- indicates or potentially can indicate that they're not going to look after the property too. Now, of course, don't get me wrong, we don't judge a book by its cover, but if you're going to buy a book, you read the blurb. So I think it's really important that those first impressions, dress to impress when you walk through the property, actually have a bit of manners about yourself and get to know the property manager too, because the more communication you can have with that property manager, the better chance you've got of getting responses and not only that, but being the favourite application or the favourite person to be put forward uh, for the property too. Yeah, it's those, um, you know, good interactions that we have that stick, adding that, you know, the face to our to a name later when we see an application come through and uh, you can't help but favour the people that, you know, you've warmed to and you've built some relationship with at the viewing, can you? Yeah, no, it's... You almost want their application to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, look, I mean, um, other things that you can sort of look at when you're inspecting the property, just make sure you've got your SAFWA app open. And I think for me, what's really, really important as well is that they can follow our process. And for our process, that's to register before coming to the viewing. So, um, it indicates to me if they can follow our process prior to inspecting the property that moving forward with the actual property management, you know, I've got a bit of faith that they can follow our process through the tenancy as well. Exactly. When people just rock up and it says in the advert, you know, please register beforehand, gives them all the details. It's almost like a a first little hoop to jump through that if you can't get that right, we're going to struggle. Yeah, bit of a small red flag there. Like I said, it's not a deal breaker. None of these things are, but all the one percenters count and they exactly. add towards a favourable application. Look, when I go to show a property, especially on the sales side, I also don't park my vehicle in the drive and I try to leave that for people coming along to view the property. But if the manager is parked in the drive, I also like to see, you know, is the tenant parking the manager in like so that they can't get out? And often we've got other viewings to get to. There's tenants that can take longer, block us in. That's all It's all just a sign of, you know, respect and whether they're being conscious. So, Yeah, I think that common courtesy comes really, really, um, really out there. 
and uh, the other thing to look for as well as property managers so be on your best behavior tenants because um, we are looking at you know how you speak to your partner and you know how you look after your children and things like that because at the end of the day if you can't control your children or help your children behave well at a five minute ten minute viewing if the children are running around the property and slamming all the kitchen cabinets and pulling on all the blinds on while we're inspecting the yeah, yeah that's right one. that's right <laughs> exactly so if these things are visible to the property manager in that five to ten minute viewing slot you know that does put question marks around how the tenants may choose to control or get those kids to behave during a tenancy of 12 24 36 months when you're as the property manager not standing there and being able to make sure that the things are running the way they should be and great so when it comes to submitting your application one thing i don't see from the majority of tenants which would really help a tenant stand out is a, a cover letter so take us through some of the things that the tenant could think of putting in this now i'm not talking about endless encyclopedias we don't have time to read that this should be two-thirds to three-quarters of a page and really be focused on the things that matter. So what might they be, Dwayne? Look, I think coming back to it, stories sell. Stories sell a message really, really well. And in this particular case, as a tenant, you're trying to sell yourself. So when you're writing a cover letter, give us a little bit of background on who you are, a bit about your family, you know, where you've been living, why you're moving. Paint us a bit of a picture so it makes a bit of an easier job for us to understand who you are in a quick summary and where you've been. What you liked about the house as well is, is really important to us. And how long do you plan to live there? I think that's one of the biggest factors for not only the property managers, but the owners as well. Usually, most property investors want long-term stable tenants paying a reasonable rent. So if you're able to share a bit more about what your plans look like for the future and how long you intend to stay in the property, I think it really, really makes a big difference too. Do you have anything to add on that one, Jared? I always love to see some pictures put in of how you're presenting your home now. Now, you mm. might think, oh, this is going one step too far and what right does the property manager or landlord have to see how I'm presenting things now? But, again, it's not compulsory, but if you've put in there and it just helps you become a real person and also show, you know, whether or not you take pride in, in how you present things. And I know it shouldn't yep. be a factor, but, you know, if an owner is thinking about selling in the years to come, and, and even if they're not, it really stands out that if a tenant is presenting the property well, it's, it's only going to help them in that endeavour. Now, this could be two, three, four, five years down the track, but it's a big factor that that can go into the consideration. Yeah, I completely agree, 100% there. And um, I think that giving a bit more information about yourself, being a bit more open about that information also has a lot to say about the particular tenant that, you know, we're looking at trying to approve. And, you know, if you think that a story sells well, well, a picture paints a thousand words, um, a few photos. <laughs> really got and, the metaphors happening know. today, haven't you, Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, hey, I'm usually the one that provides these. <laughs> Still in your job. <laughs> yeah, tell you. Let's not forget the furry friends of the world because mm. most tenants do when they're putting um, their application together. What's I always suggest that you include a profile of your pet. Now, this I would suggest putting in the front cover letter, little section on, on your pet. What are some of the things that someone could include there? Well, I'll never forget many, many years ago now 
this lady, she applied for a rental property with me and the next day she actually came into the office and brought together this display folder, this bright pink glitter, this beautiful display folder. And it was actually a dog resume, <laughs> funnily enough. Oh, and, um, you know, how old was the dog, all the photos of the dog, how often it was groomed, all of this extra information that no one really actually asked her for. But when she provided that to us, again, you know, that shows that extra level of commitment and how much she actually cared for a pet. And what it did for me was it gave me the confidence to know that even though the property may have had, say, wooden floorboards or uh, carpet where the cause may have actually scratched up the floorboards or damaged and frayed the carpet, this lady really, really cared a lot about her pet to the point that if they're getting groomed every couple of weeks, it's more often than I get a haircut. So, you know, for me, I think that that really sold the idea of that dog, that tenant, that application. And in fact, she did get the property too. And it was a lot easier for me to convince a landlord of the fact that the pet was going to be good because we had data and information and that that was amazing. So for me, I think adding things like photos, the details of the council registration, are they toilet trained? Are they a puppy? Or, you know, have they actually had rental history before? Yeah, it sounds weird, a dog with rental history. But these are <laughs> things that are really, really important to add into, you know, this information to make make your application stand out. Once again, if you stand out for the positive reasons, there's a higher chance of you being able to secure the property as well. And who doesn't love a cute dog photo? I mean, that's <laughs> going to sway the property manager's heart right there. So when we were <laughs> renting many years ago, we put a lovely little bio together on our dog Bella had a photo with her wearing a, one of her little outfits as well, you know, just melted, <laughs> melted your heart and, and you know, certainly conveys confidence to the manager that you're going to show the same care in how your pet goes in the house. Thank you precisely. Now let's get to the, the meaty end of what they're putting in. So what should they actually think about putting in their application and what are some tips around around that side of things? Okay, first and foremost, just make sure the application is 100% fully complete, okay? Don't miss any critical data. Don't miss your identification. Oh, big one. God, if we had, uh, tell you what, man, if we we had a dollar for every uh, set of, uh, every application without ID, that's <laughs> well, I know. I know. retired right now. <laughs> well, that's it, right? So just make sure, double check, triple check before you hit that submit button that you've got all that information there. And before you do put any references down, just a tip, let your references know that someone's going to call them, please, because there are many times we've put in these application calls, these reference checks calls, and what's actually happened is that they don't know that you're moving. They don't know. They don't want to share the information. And then we need to go back to the tenant and ask them to pass the permission on and it delays the process. So make sure the references are expecting a call. And I think that's probably the number one thing that I can suggest because, yeah, we, we come up against that a lot. Yeah, definitely. And one of the other things that seems to be missed out is a copy of your current rental ledger. Now, most tenants may not even know such a thing exists. So... Your rental ledger has all of your payment histories. It shows when and if you may have ever been breached. It's basically the Bible that is behind the scenes tracking how you've performed in a tenancy. And you can request that from your current property manager and they'll give you a copy of it. Now, any tenant that's got a rental ledger to hide also makes us wonder, okay, what's going on there that, that they want to be hidden? And also, if there are things in your tenancy 
that might have been a little slip here and there. And even when I was renting, we'd occasionally have a two or three day lateness on our rent when our automatic payments stopped and the manager would have to text and let us know. And so, look, there can be the little blemishes and and you can also build a bit of a story then if you're putting it in the upfront into your cover letter to explain some of the things and, and give some background because if they're... Non, you know, many times we'll go and get this from the other, from your existing property manager anyway. So it's also saving us having to wait for that. And it can really just, there's many times when if we had to get one thing to base a decision on, the rental ledger is going to be it. So, yeah. I completely agree. I mean, that shows the ability for a tenant to pay their rent on time. But also, like you said, all those notices that go out are recorded in there. So if there's any breach notices for, you know, non-payment of rent or breach notices for not looking after the property, it's all listed in there. So really, really important document to be added to an application form. In fact, as you said, Jared, we do request it from property managers. But if you include it in there, you're an open book and it shows that you know, if you've got nothing to hide, it, it gives us a little bit more confidence in accepting your application as well. Mm. And look, there's times when we haven't been able to reach references, personal references. We always make sure to check employment references. And look, we'll go off of the strength of that ledger. So a property manager or a landlord, they can't, the ledger tells the truth. So no matter what they yeah. say, it's really yeah, important, exactly. isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that's really important that you can add to your application too, I mean, we've talked about the rental history and paying on time, but also having proof of income or a proof of ability for the future payments to happen. So having your payslips over the past couple of months sent through, and if you're self-employed as well, uh, look at including tax returns, financials, bank statements, whatever you can to show that for the next year, two years, three years, however long that you're looking at, staying at that property for, there is an ability to pay, there is income or there is something that gives the landlord confidence that the the rent won't stop. (laughs) Yeah. And it's bloody tough being self-employed. I tell you what, you might have, you know, a whole bunch of employees and they can get by with the payslip that you've given them, but yet you have to go and produce to the nth degree as a self-employed person. I fully get that and relate to it too. But it's the world we live in and if you go in without these things and if everything else being the same, the manager's likely to go with the with the PAYG straight employees. So you've got to mm. spend the time to put it together and I know it's a hassle. Yeah. What about personal references, Drain? Are they worth the uh, paper they're <laughs> written on or the online form they're written on? <laughs> Not not normally, and unfortunately, it's because it carries a bit of bias. I mean, no one's going to put a re- personal reference down that's going to give you a bad reference. I mean, it'd be very, very rare that that actually happens. So they, they don't carry a lot of weight unless they're really from an objective source. So, yeah. Yes, um, point, you know, my best friend, Debbie, <laughs> you know, she's going to give us a great rap. It's better if it might be, you know, someone that can speak to your character or in the case of self-employed, if they put their accountant down, that's an excellent, could be an excellent one. Again, let these people know if you are listing them in there so they don't get a, a random call from us. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. And what about the forms of the ways of putting a application in, Dwayne? Let's rewind it a few years. Everyone was using paper, hand-filling out application after application and hand-delivering them to the office or scanning them in or faxing them in. Look, there are online platforms now like To Apply, 
or one form, which once you've completed it once on that platform, you can actually submit it to a few different agencies, obviously changing and customizing it for each property that you're applying for, but it's all ready to go. So once you've set up your profile in these areas, the data is already there. It's actually very simple to use. And the cool thing is that as agents, we can set up what is required as a mandatory field, such as attaching ID or such as rental history or past property history, so that you can't actually miss anything. You can't stuff up. So the yeah, idea is that if you use those systems, yeah, if you use that system, it just adds that layer of certainty that you're not going to miss anything. Once again, there are fields there for notes and, you know, you can attach other things to it. Again, more information, the better. We can choose to run through that information rather than having to come back to you and going, oh, you're missing this, you're missing that. Give me a bit more information about this. Ideally, the more information we have, the better the decision we can make. And look, okay, so they've gone to the effort of completing this thorough application, put all the little extras in that we've mentioned. I always suggest to just send your property manager or the person that did the viewing an SMS, letting them know that you've submitted your application because things can sometimes go astray and especially if you're not using a digital submission and you might be scanning and emailing it who knows you might end up in junk mail not seen in the time period they they go with the ones that they've got on the table so mm-hmm. always worth sending an sms i think it also just shows that you're a good communicator so yeah and it, that is actually something we genuinely look out for we don't want tenants that move into our properties that don't communicate that drop off the radar i mean they might pay their rent on time and look after the property but we want a good open relationship where we can communicate well so it is a good start if you can get on the front foot and be proactive with your communication as well now when it comes to price what should tenants be thinking about with regard to what to offer well, in, in this marketplace, with so many applications, what we have seen is tenants offering more than what perhaps might be asked if they really, really don't want to miss out on a property. And I understand from a tenant's perspective, you know, you've looked at 10, 20, 30 properties and you've been missing out time and time and time again. So, look, if you've got two applications, all things being equal, and one's at a slightly higher price than the other, as a landlord, as an investor, there is a tendency to take the one that will provide you with more return because let's face it, as an investor, we're in this to make money. (laughs) So, you know, it's a real thing. So if people are looking at offering a higher price, yes, it's happening. And um, yes, it has secured tenants' properties in the past and I think it will continue to do so moving forward. Yeah. And I guess when you've seen enough, you know what's worth paying the extra for and what's not. And $10 or $20 extra can just get you over. So... I'm not saying to do it on every property. I'd suggest that you ask, is there other applications received yet? And maybe adjust accordingly. And Mm. that way you're getting some feedback before deciding. Yeah, Um, I think that's a good idea too. Let's run through a bit of a hit list as to what actually weakens your application. And I just wanted to end here because let's face it, we've all got strengths and we've got weaknesses. But if we can be aware of how to, I guess, enhance or improve some of our weaknesses, then this would be a really great thing to cover, Dwayne. So what are some of the things that weaken an application? Look, unfortunately, rental history is a big one and or their lack of it. If there's no rental history in the past, then it does make it a lot more difficult for a property manager to provide certainty around payment of rent and, and looking after 
the property. So you can consider things like having your parents or a sibling go guarantor to provide a little bit more certainty around the income and around the payments and around looking after the property. And what you could also do potentially is um, if you're selling your property, well, look, put it this way, everyone's had to live somewhere before, right? So if you are selling your property through a sales agent, then see if the sales agent can provide a reference about the way you've looked after the property, about the way you've been to communicate with and deal with, because these things do add weight and it will really, really help your application. Yep, the no rent, no rental history does weaken the application, but there are certainly ways around it if you're, if you're smart about it too. What about renting privately, Dwayne? Because oh, it's a good look, one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough when tenants have, they're, they're none the wiser. They, they might be looking at both managed rentals and private rentals, especially in this market. It might be a case of what they can find first, but they don't realise until they go to find another property down the track that they might have actually shot themselves in the foot a bit. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And look, I do put a bit more weight on a property manager reference than I do a private landlord reference. And the reason for that is we have quite high standards as property managers that we must adhere to. But not only that, we also have a track record of everything that goes on, also known as a tenant ledger. With a rental that is privately managed, the tenants no can be ledger. behind in rent. There's no ledger. Yeah. A breach notice is issued, there's no ledger. So for us as property were managers, they a good looking tenant, at data. Private landlord, yes, they were a great tenant. They just very often you, you can't be sure if they just want the tenant out of the house or <laughs> yeah. whether they're legitimately saying that. We've got no ledger to back it up either. So that's the trouble with it. And them. that's right. And and the other thing that adds a little bit of weight towards the property managers, you know, there are routine inspections conducted as well. And that's one thing that you can add to your application that can Strengthen it too as a tenant. If you've got a routine inspection that's been carried out at your property and you can forward that to your property manager, it shows evidence that you've been able to look after the place. But with a lot of private rentals, the routine inspections usually there's a, a landlord walking in and walking out in about three minutes. So, yeah, it looks okay. But there's no evidence of the quality of how that property is being looked after and evidence is everything. And that's why the renting privately thing is a little bit difficult for us as property managers to just accept. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Train. So I guess all you can really do is get back into a managed rental when you can and when you are changing and probably favour those over, you know, the private rental. And the other thing from your perspective as a tenant, you don't know what you're getting when it comes to a private landlord. And, God, we hear so many horror stories from tenants that the private landlord hasn't done their maintenance, They've, you know, they don't understand their rights as a tenant. You can't go on Google and check if they've got a five-star Google rating like you can with us. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Landlord might be listed on Shocking Landlord's website, but you might find <laughs> them on there. But look, there's, it's a case of knowing what you're getting both ways, isn't it, when you're both yeah. the tenant and the landlord? Yeah. And I, and I think another thing that's really important as well is that even if you are renting to a property manager, sometimes you can be at odds with the property manager and you have a really poor relationship with the manager, whatever the reason yeah, might be. So, you know, sometimes it might be that there's still a dispute going on with your bond or whatever it might be. But ideally, you really want to make sure that you are having a good relationship with your property manager if you're applying for other properties because they're going to be the reference. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't be rude to your property manager. Try and help yourself by helping them and make things a little bit smoother for everyone. And when you are looking at renting a property, and I know this is not on a lot of tenants' mind at the moment because the market is so hot, but 
try Googling that property manager. So if you're going to, I'm not going to name names here, but if just ABC Realty, whatever it might be, just Google them and see what kind of reviews they've got online. I mean, if they're sitting at a one and a half out of five star rating on Google, then maybe that's not the agency that you actually want to rent with because the service that you're going to get as a tenant that you're paying for isn't going to be there or perhaps it's going to be a lackluster service or perhaps nothing will ever get fixed. So I think that's an important tip that not necessarily weakens your application, just something else to mention because you don't want us to be stuck with the wrong property manager that never fixes anything. Yeah. And look, as a tenant, I've had poor property managers over the years and you just I just had to suck it up and still leave things on the best terms possible because otherwise it did it would have affected my rating. So and look, keep mm. in mind that if you are having issues that are really against your rights as a tenant that and the property manager's not listening and you're not getting the answers that makes sense and you can always ask to speak to their licensee and elevate things to get another set of eyes to look at it Mm -hmm. so uh, what about happens drain if you've gone and you've gotten some breaches for non-payment of rent or that you've had um, some issues at your routine inspections with presentation is there anything that someone can do there yeah, look, I think you need to go back and try and tell a bit of a story about what might have happened during the time when the breaches occurred. Were you, were you traveling around in the UK and your automatic debit stopped? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what happened? So add a little bit of, a bit of a story around that to identify what those issues might be. And particularly for, you know, if the gardens have overgrown at a routine inspection, it could have been just a slight slip up that has happened. So really, really get back in front of it and try and um, jump on the front foot there, try to explain what's going on and what you can do now as a tenant over the last couple of weeks as you're looking for your next rental, what can you do to prove to the current manager and your new manager that those things are in the past and you've actually matured or grown up or, you know, you've actually put the effort in to now make that property the way it should have been at the beginning. I think that really is important for me as a property manager when looking out for, you know, little things that might be blemishes on a record. Yeah, and I guess when we're talking about blemishes on the record, when it's really serious, a lodging is being done on the National Tenancy Database and it also includes mm-hmm. in there various court orders. So if you've had business go under or whatnot, you've left owing people money and there's a court order against you, those sorts of things may appear on the search. So, look, it's tough. We all... Um, face difficult times in our in our worlds and if you've gone through that I guess you just need to look at getting those debts repaid and the records removed and and weigh that up especially it'd be good to try and get those things sorted before you go out and start trying to find another rental so extending your yeah, tenancy right. to to resolve these things can be worthwhile and stay longer until you've cleaned it all up yeah that's right and I think you know Getting those debts repaid as soon as you possibly can, the records removed as soon as you possibly can will help because a black mark on your name will definitely cause you more grief when you're trying to find a rental, that's for sure. But uh, having said that as well, with regard to the tenancy database, if we do find something on there and we question you or we ask you, don't try and hide it because we're using government resources here. We're looking at you know using your driver's licence number or your passport number to actually match up with government data there and if they've got it wrong that's fine you need to look into why that's wrong but yeah, don't challenge us on a whip mistake. you can uh, yeah that's right but we're not pulling it out of nowhere jared <laughs> you know there no. is a report that's generated and be absolutely open upfront and honest about it and when you can own that 
it shows us, again, you know, you, you can look up. You, you've got responsibility, right? You've got a bit of responsibility about you, and I think that means a lot to us as property managers too. So, yeah, look, get your debts repaid, but like I said, if it pops up, something does pop up, maybe find out what's happened, but, you know, <laughs> don't fight tooth and nail to deny it to me because all I can see is the proof on that piece of paper. Yeah, look, and the final other one that I guess weakens the application that we did touch on earlier is being self-employed. One of the things that you could potentially consider is paying further in advance initially. So you might put down two months or three months worth of rent. And, you know, we've had some people say, oh, we'll pay six months or 12 months in advance. Yeah. And that just conveys a lot more confidence to the owner and yep. certainly no requirement to do so, but it's something you could consider doing if it's only going to strengthen your application if you do. Well, I think that's the thing that comes back to what I mentioned earlier was about the certainty of income coming in and the ability to pay that rent. So if you are self-employed, yeah, look, if you do pay a little bit in advance, it gives that landlord that certainty. And as you said, Jared, it's not something that you have to do or you're obliged to do, but it's something that you can offer if you feel necessary to give that confidence to the investor that the money's going to come in. And this actually happened with me. There was an old lady who was renting a property or wanted to rent a property with us. And unfortunately, she didn't have a pension. She had no income stream. And I had to sit down with her and had a very frank discussion with her and said, look, I'm happy to put the application forward with the landlord, but I'm not sure if he's going to say yes, because there's no evidence to suggest that you can pay this rent. So her initial reaction was, can I pay 12 months in advance? And for me, I said, yeah, whatever you want to offer, you, you put on the application form and we'll submit that to the landlord. And when we did that with the landlord, of course, the landlord jumped at it <laughs> with open arms and did give the, the, uh, the tenant a little bit of a discount as well because obviously that amount of money was coming in advance. We never asked for it, but the, the tenant offered it. And of course, the, the owner felt secure for the next 12 months that He's already got that rent coming in. So that to him... He just has that to worry about uh, making sure he doesn't spend it all, right before an interest payments are <laughs> <Yeah>. due. <laughs> well, that's right. Anyway, Different that's his problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we've covered so, look, a I mean, lot that, today. It does help. Yeah. And we've covered end to end, haven't we? So we've looked at the tips on inspecting the house and looking your best there, your cover letter, your pet profile and bio. We've looked at the application and all the things to include there, pricing, considering offering a bit more and then some of these weaknesses and how to strengthen them. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure this is going to help a lot of tenants out there. So if you do have anyone that's looking for a rental or looking to apply, make sure you share this episode with them. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. We'll speak again soon. See ya. Bye.